Good evening, good evening, good evening. We are live from Toyota Center, the bowels of Toyota Center. <laughs> is that what this is? Yeah, the, media, the official media workroom. In the bottom. For uh, the KG, Fifth World Wildcat and Doc podcast. And from the, the SWAC tournament. We'll to the top. And that's Branding today. Branding. From the SWAC tournament. Wildcat is, is sporting the uh, t-shirt. I have to uh, thank one dedicated listener. Her T-shirt will be in the mail tomorrow, going up there to the state of Washington. Beautiful. So, uh, and she said that she will take a picture of it uh, while watching March Madness <laughs> and let everybody know what's going on with that. So, nice. look forward to that. So, it's on me to get it in the mail. So, there we go. Gentlemen. Yep. How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing <laughs> fine. You know, I'm in back at home for... At least the rest of this week. Back at home, where were you? I was in Oklahoma City for some women's college basketball. Which conference might that, that be? Mi- that might be the Big 12, where I will say what I saw. Uh, Baylor is a line one seed, <laughs> pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, that was, but they two sold fresh- that up, didn't they? Yes, they did. And I will give them credit. They are a year away from... Returning to the championship game. Excuse so me. Excuse you're me? not going to get there this year. Uh, Who's going to stop Coach, him from getting Coach, there this year? Coach Mulkey has you on line one. She can have me on line one because until so you you uh, obviously I, I, you're saying they in the uh, the two uh, they in the same bracket as UConn is what you're saying. They may as a number one seed. They're going to be opposite, so they're going to the four the four number ones are. Before I mean, this is a lot. Oh yeah, that, that's Baylor, the only thing. UConn, is South Carolina, and Notre Dame. And that, that, that's, a, that's a lot. That, right. That's and a lot. so you're saying Baylor and UConn will be on the same side. That's what's preventing Baylor to get to the final. And, yes, and they've got two freshmen. So both. if Baylor and South Carolina on the same line, so you're saying Baylor can't beat can't beat South Carolina in a matchup at Final Four semifinal? Not with the two freshmen. Two fresh uh, What about if they have Notre Dame? To get to the final. So you're saying Baylor is weakest at the four? At the uh, at the final. Uh, the four, no, no, weakest of the four. Yeah. Out of the four, no one. UConn, yeah. talking, well, of the three. We're not even going to put Baylor in UConn category. So Baylor, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. UConn and, and Notre yeah. Dame. So yeah. of the three. Yeah. Notre I, Dame and South Carolina, Baylor is the weakest. And uh, while yeah. the listeners, as traditionally, I we, mean, will, it, it, we will be. Oh, yeah. In Indianapolis. So now, now the one thing that I will give them credit for is where their strength is. Is that is our guard play? Is that guard play? They are seasoned veterans. Yeah. Now, Nia Johnson it, and Alexis Jones. And and trust me, she's back from her injury and she looks well. They only lost one time. One game they lost. Uh, Nia didn't play. That was on the road to Oklahoma State to start the uh, Big Twelve conference season. So okay, so you're saying that they are the weakest of the. That's what he's saying. Baylor, yes. Notre Dame, South Carolina group. That's yeah. cold. Okay, and I'll answer to him if she if she gets <laughs> gets it. I'll answer to him. I will. No, seriously, for the probably if you ask majority of folks, majority of folks would probably agree with you. Yeah, the way South Carolina finally scored points and looked in the SEC tournament, they look like the second best team now, in the country. And then I'm Notre a, Dame, you know, you come way up there on on the mountaintop, <laughs> looking down looking the down at, everybody. Uh, looking at all of us. So, okay, that's but, hey. but if the four number ones get there. I think and that those could four, happen. Those that, four that could teams, I hope it happen. happens because those four teams have great fan support and have national interest. 
that people <clears throat> that Joe and Jill fan know who those four teams are and right. would actually care about you know well you can't go in anyway whoever but those four would actually have people watch. right especially you got Notre Dame if they get there it's in Indianapolis no excuse no excuse attendance as well no so. excuse oh yeah they'll be in the house for that no excuse no excuse but gentlemen if if I may take a step back <clears throat> the Houston Cougars men's team. I ain't really going to talk about the women's team. They were one and done in the first round of the American Athletic Conference tournament. And we understand. That UConn won again. Before you do that, let's give a live update. Sure. I like this. We get to watch it inside the arena here. Live update, 14.7 seconds left. Alabama State is pulling away from Alabama A&M. Alabama A&M was the lower seed, but this is a rivalry matchup. And it was close, nip and tuck. But every time Alabama A&M would try to make that run, they got it to one. They got it to three. In the fourth quarter, but Alabama State would find a way, the Lady Hornets, to pull away. And it looks like they're going to close out on making it to the next round as this has went up to 15 points now. And they're the number one seed. Yes, they are the number one seed. And so they'll, they'll play Friday This is one of those interesting games. One, is a rivalry game. Two, is the fact that Alabama A&M uh, played a day earlier. Right. And so you have them playing their second game, but Alabama State – uh, coming in the first game. So sometimes you have that rust playing in a new arena, different sites. So this is uh, where you kind of get those upsets, but not to be as Alabama State is went final, 87-72. Go now, ahead. Now, let me make – well, go ahead because this will be a discussion. Yeah, because – and what I'm going to mention, you can I – exp- I hope you add your thoughts as well based on our mock experiences. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Uh, the Houston Cougars men's team clinched the number two seed in the upcoming American Athletic Conference tournament. Finished 12-6 and six in a three-way tie, three or four-way four tie. And after their win to uh, close out the regular season, home win, wrap, it up, wrap up to see the uh, regular season, Coach Kelvin Sampson was asked uh, by one of our colleagues if uh, he believed the U of H – was a tournament team, NCAA tournament team. Coach Sampson said, of course. <laughs> and the video is uh, posting. You were there. You were there. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, he said, of course, answer. because uh, we were we, f- we finished 9-2. and two. We won, Out of our last 11 games, we won nine of those 11 games. Um, you know, and the committee looks at how you finish, et cetera, et cetera. That is true. That's wrong. But they do look at they look at no, how you finish. It's no, not no, the only no, thing no, they no, look no, at. No, sir. No, sir. No, 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 they don't. no, no, no. That is no. that is that is that is a uh, that's a false head. Yes, that is incorrect. They used to look at it. They used to look at the last ten games, and they went to the last twelve games. But they don't look at those anymore. They don't look at those anymore. I stand correct. And um, so they look at the entire body, body of work. work. Yeah. <clears throat> Which leads me to which means they look at the li- look at the last ten. No, no, he was saying they only look at the last ten. I focus on. That. Was, I was talking about they look at all of it, but they look. But he, I took it as he was trying to make a point that because we are not two in our last yeah, eleven games, we are a tournament team. Gotcha. And I refu- took a f- offense to that. I, I, no, I, he I just some, educated. I, yeah, I took some umbrage to it because I knew better. <laughs> yeah, he educated. And so, so I put you can't out just tell on, him anything. I put out on Twitter that uh, the committee looks at the body of work, the entire body of work, and I received some some pushback from a few folks on Twitter. Like, who are you? How do you know? <laughs> did they ask? So I had to let them know. Did, 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 uh, well, did, did, did. I was just there in Indianapolis at headquarters. <laughs> so I heard it from the <laughs> horse's well, mouth. Well, first of all, let me ask, did you use a wood bat or a lunar bat? 
So, you know, I just, I just let folks know. <laughs> because sometimes you got to use an aluminum bat to let folks know yeah, re- so just, real quick. I just let, let some folks know that uh, <laughs> I know and I heard from the, the actual committee rep- representatives that we do not look at the Final 10 games anymore. We don't Final 10 nor Final 12. It's not even part of the uh, team sheets, as they call them. And some of the um, NCAA has tweeted out on their um, Twitter account last few days, team sheets of teams who have been upset in their respective conference tournaments. So I think South, uh, Syracuse lost this evening in the first round of the AC, ACC tournament. That and they correct. put out there uh, the team sheet heading into today's game, what Syracuse looked at, looked like on the team sheet. But talk about U of H. U of H, as of now, has a 74 RPI. And Coach Sampson, let me also, this is, what, this is where I'm getting to. Coach Sampson was talking about um, – they tried to they schedule a schedule a non-conference schedule. People look at that, and you really can't do this. You know, he's trying to pump up the weak non-conference schedule, which I criticized <laughs> on some on previous on podcast back in December. And when folks ask, you, you tell them the truth. And, yes. No, you said you know building up false hopes. So, so he was talking and trying to say, well, LSU, LSU's picked to win the SEC, LSU, and that's that's a good point. But LSU has struggled this year, so that LSU struggles hurt U of H because it's part of the opponent's opponent kind of thing. That's part of the committee, what it looks at. Then Coach Sampson talked about Rhode Island was picked to win their league. And then he, he mentioned um, Marshall, not Marshall, Murray State was, was supposed to win their league. That's three teams. Okay. That's okay to a point. But, Doc, Cougars played scheduled two teams from the MEAC. This is not going to look good. Two teams from the MEAC and Prairie View and Eastern Illinois. Which is from like OVC, right? I think. Yes. Yeah. So those four teams, right there, combined. Oh, I, I, I weigh the three <laughs> teams that he was talking, trying to tout as being the strength of U of H's non-conference schedule. So uh, those four teams, RPI, as of today, Prairie View, three thirty-three, Florida A&M, three forty-nine, Eastern Carolina, two seventy-four. A trend. And the other a trend. Two school from the MEAC, <laughs> North Carolina Central, three oh seven. A trend. That doesn't even bring into account Nickel State, three nineteen. Texas Rio Grande Valley, three thirty-five. A trend. That is two seventy-four and up. That's one, two, three, four. That's six opponents with RPIs two seventy-four or higher. Wow. That is the reason the Cougars are not even on the bubble. Some folks say they're kind of inch their way to the outside of the bubble. And they're looking at it, you know, kind of hopefully that people answer their knocks on the glass. <laughs> if they get to, like, the conference championship game. The glass then, bubble. Then, then maybe. They, they Nobody here. And, and the reason for this soft non-conference schedule, the strength of schedule of non-conference for the Cougars fluctuates from, like, 308 to 320 in the last two weeks based on their opponents' RPIs. Cougars went 10-2 non-conference. The RPI rank of those – uh, 12 games was 109. If they would have taken out of those six and turned, instead of playing scheduled those six, scheduled three other teams with RPIs of 100 or better, they would be probably a lock to be in a tournament. But one of the reasons for them not scheduling tougher was this is the second year of Coach Sampson at U of H. We want to build confidence in our players and you know, we want to get some wins and et cetera. I'm listening. That bit him in the butt. Yeah, I did. Because as he says often, this this is a good team. 
it's a better team than we started the season off with. And it's almost like I know I have something here. I just don't know exactly what I have. And now that things are played out, it's almost like what you just said. I think that they, I, I scheduling better. I think it's, they it's, are surprised, and I mean overall. But I like, think it had more to do and, with the conference than I think that. Than, oh, than and that's yeah. part of it as well. I believe that the coaches in the American, you know, the American's only three years old, right? Three or four years old. Three right. or four years old. It, it is, yeah. So at, it at has least. not established a brand and a national name That's for sure. as powerhouse conference. True. So you can say all about the history, our recent history. You know, we had UConn winning championship. Great. That's fine. But the conference as a whole is still, as the, using one of Doc's words, irrelevant on the national landscape. So you can't try to convince committee members right. that the conference is great top to bottom when it isn't. So you can't say it's top it's great top to bottom and then schedule weak non conference mm-hmm. opponents and think it's gonna and help think it's gonna help you when yeah. it comes comes time to selection committee. So I believe this is why the Cougars that Cougars play Friday, the number two seed. Uh, they gotta win. They have to win to get in the tournament. They have to win the that's, whole championship, yeah. in my opinion, to get in the tournament. So, it's, it's, so it's, it's, let me. Uh, that way, you leave. You don't leave it to yeah. Well, well it's, I'm glad you all mentioned that because you folks, you, the five people that have confronted me repeatedly over the last three weeks, that figures that just get into the championship game and thinking that's going to be okay, don't know diddly. <laughs> Don't know Diddley. You've gotten it first from the person that just got back from Minneapolis doing a mock, <laughs> KG, and now you're talking to listening to someone that has been that knows procedures and policies that are in place to correct that. If you win, you're in. If not, NIT, and be happy with that right now. But the, but what you've done. Not only have you raised the bar next season, there will be a question if you don't. Oh, yeah. And I said, and listen and go to the archive. I said in December podcast, I expect them to be in the NCAA tournament next season. I hope that they will reach the NIT this season, and I think that's what's going to happen is NIT birth, and then you build upon that success, and the NCAA is expected <laughs> next year. Anything less than the NCAA next year will be a disappointment. Now, Jerry Palm, who's, who's participated in mock with us, he has the Cougars as one of the teams that's probably out. And let me just read what he says, because this will just add to what I said. What Legitimacy. Legitimacy. Houston has had a strong run of play through the American Conference, including, including back-to-back wins over UConn and Cincinnati, to get itself on the bubble. However, they have a non-conference strength of schedule well below 300, which is usually fatal to bubble teams' tournament hopes. They also have a couple of bad losses, including at home to South Florida. And I was there for that. And the second half was just brutal. Yeah, I remember you text. And like, this is not good. And so that tells you right there, this adds on to what I've, I've mentioned. Uh, Jerry Palm mentioned, I think, on Sunday that the team with the highest uh, non-conference RPI to get in was the 2006 George Washington at 311. But they only had two losses. Cougars have eight. Yeah. I, I just don't see the Cougars getting in unless they win it all. And uh, keep in mind, earlier this week, Valpo lost in the in their conference. Mm-hmm. That hurt. 
Wichita State lost in the Missouri Valley Conference. That hurt UH's chances. St. Mary's lost to Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference Championship game. That yeah. hurt. Monmouth, yeah. who was one of the teams that we discussed specifically at the mock selection I can imagine. in February. And at that time, we had them in as an at-large. Because they were hot at the because time. Because they were hot, and we looked at their non-conference was good. Right. But they had one problem weighing them down. They have three losses in conference to teams with RPIs of 200 or worse. Mm. So those are bad losses in the eyes of the committee. Yeah. So the fact that they did not win that conference championship, they are really on that bubble. Yeah, they need some help. So they, they need some other. So you got, you got. They need some teams that are supposed to win to win. And and see, that's what U of H needed. U of H needed teams like Mama to be our owner. That put a win that conference, and that has not happened. So that just further pushes, makes that it more difficult for right. U of H to get into the tournament. Yeah, that puts them lower on the hill there. Great analysis. As we get into this uh, basketball season and people want to put on their dancing shoes with that, uh, we're going to talk about, let's go into the MEAC before we get some shine on the swag since we're right here. And I'll provide that HBCU platform. But before I do that, I would re- be remiss if I didn't talk about a little bit about the ping of the bats. And I know oftentimes you don't necessarily get excited with baseball, but you have the rivalry. And I know you get excited about rivalries. You respect rivalries. I do. I do. Yes, sir. No way they come. Well, this past weekend, to open up conference play, Prairie View and Texas Southern lined up on the field to get it done. It was very intriguing for several reasons. They retired uh, Candy Robinson's jersey and number on the fence and everything. But to make this even more excited, all the players, past players of Texas Southern, it played under Candy. We're out there to celebrate this feat. His wife was out there to take home the uh, jersey that was framed really nice, commemorative. Uh, I thought it was fascinating. Uh, a lot of kudos to Dr. Charles McCullen, uh, the impetus of, of getting that done, and the banner dropped down to the fence to a great applause. It was filled in McGregor Park. Great atmosphere, baseball, great weather, a lot of fans out there. So, it was really exciting, and that was the last game. That was Sunday. And what made this even better baseball was the fact that um, this was the final game where they split the first two games with Texas Southern taking home the game on Friday because now Swag Baseball has joined the big boys in a lot of ways. They're now playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday matchups, 5 o'clock essentially on Fridays. They'll play like a 2 o'clock on Saturday and then a 1 o'clock on Sunday. So a lot of people are excited about that. I think it's a good decision for the health of the players. And so that is the new uh, matchup that's coming from So we'll look at that. Then you add on the fact when you look at those kind of things, uh, player of the week was Robert Alamo from Texas Southern, shortstop from Richmond, Texas, 5'7", sophomore, got it done, 8 for 11 batting 727 batter average. He was a big key to that weekend. He had three for three on stolen bases. Uh, he pretty much kept Texas Southern in the hunt uh, and was three for three the day the plate that Texas Southern uh, lost. Uh, actually won six to five over Prairie View, I should say. Winning that game six to five was that opening matchup. They lost on Saturday 12 to eight. Then Prairie View closed out and got a big series win 
as the pitcher of the week came there. Darian Williams, sophomore, 6'3", Brian, uh, Texas. Williams pitched six innings and scattered four hits while allowing one run Sunday and leading the Panthers to a 5-4 win over Texas Southern. Exciting game. Uh, Williams went 6-4-11 at the plate and recorded an on-base percentage of 583. Best Panthers as he was getting it done, uh, who improved to 2-0. So a lot of credit to the Panthers. And the reason I bring that is the fact that they have a new baseball coach. And the baseball coach played at Texas Southern. Uh, really? Yeah, so that made this matchup really exciting. The assistant coach actually played at Texas Southern as well. So they were ex- really excited about this. Remember, they were like one for five last year against uh, Texas Southern. They just drove it as Texas Southern won that championship there. So pretty big-time week weekend. But as you would say, enough about baseball. Let's get into some of this basketball and talk about Before we get into some early matchups and, and talk about the the – MEAC tournament, because just like the SWAC, major upsets coming right out the box very early. With that, let's get some accolades for the uh, women's basketball all MEAC team. Head women's basketball coach uh, got it done as they vote on this along with the sports information director. So, player of the year was Malaya Tate DeFritez of Hampton, big-time player. Uh, she gets it done. She's a guard. She's a junior, so she'll be back to terrorize everybody out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania Rookie of the Year, and you know what that means as a rookie. A lot of times they have a lot of years to put terror on a lot of people, which is Najee Pollard out of Delaware State. She got it done in terms of what she was able to do. Defensive Player of the Year, I know a lot of people talk about defense, wins championships, offense puts them in the seat. Well, she's the player that got it done on the defensive side. That was Kaylin Williams, Bethune-Cookman, who ultimately led Bethune-Cookman to a share of the regular season championship which gave Coach of the Year Vanessa Blair Lewis, Bethune-Cookman. And as the story would be told as we get in the tournament upset, guess who went down as the number one seed? Oh, my goodness. Bethune-Cookman. Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> yes. Can you? How, how does that happen? <laughs> I don't know. It's like you said, a lot of times you go to these different arenas, you get excited. Uh, sometimes you're playing the team that has played an early game. They're a little more comfortable in the gym because they've been in there before. And if you allow them to get up on you and that clock starts to tick down and your dreams are dissipating, oftentimes you get tighter. Pressure bust pipes. Yes, it can do two things. Make a diamond or bust a pipe. In this case, it busted a pipe. As the number one seed on the women's side of the MEAC basketball tournament, Goes down and they go down hard. They go down to number nine, South Carolina State, fifty-six to forty-eight. And as I said, South Carolina State had played early. They played that early matchup the day before as the nine seed. They played number eight, so um, they got it going. They defeated Savannah State, sixty-one fifty-three. They come back the next day and play. Same time, they're familiar getting up at that time. They're ready for the game, and it gets done in terms of what's going on. Gotti's back there. She calls the women's game. That's a start from Prairie View. Give her a little love as we're talking about. Uh, as she brought several championships to the women uh, team in Prairie View. Getting it All done she did was win. All she does is win. Yeah, you can't say much about that. Shout-outs to her as we talk about the MEAC side of there. But that's really what was exciting in terms of uh, – those sides, some couple other scores that you want to look at as North Carolina and T Aggies as they were co-champions of the regular season. They got their big win early, so they continue to push on. So they're going to be 
looking to clear the deck as they defeated the number seven seed, FAMU 67-50. So that's kind of early updates of what's going on on the MEAC tournament for the women's side. So let's jump in and give you some accolades in terms of what got done on the men's side. First, again, we'll give some of those accolades for all MEAC teams. Uh, Player of the year was James Daniel III out of Howard. Uh, many people seen highlights on ESPN as he was closing in that matchup and couldn't quite get it done as it came down. And some people say a score like him, he's supposed to put up that last shot. He did what you do in terms of team basketball. He really passed the ball off, wide open shot. The guy hits the front of the rim, misses it, and Howard's season is over. But the rookie of the year was Devin Morgan out of Delaware State. Defensive player of the year. Uh, was LaRon Smith with Loon Cookman and Coach of the Year with Murray Garvin for South Carolina State that really had a big season and got it done as he's pushing to see if he can get a championship. So those are some players' accolades as you get it done. In terms of the men's tournament, they're really just getting cranked up and getting started. So the number one seed, number two seeds, top seeds on the men's side, uh, they're getting it done. Can give you some updates on some of those scores Today on the men's side, earlier Hampton, 13-3, and the number one seed, just escaped Morgan State Bears. You remember Morgan State Bears uh, for a couple of years ago as they were making runs of the tournament. They've been struggling of late under Coach Bozeman. But uh, see, Reginald Johnson Jr. had 19 points and a career-high 13-6, while Quentin <coughs> Chivas uh, continues to get it done. Big-time player. Some people say he should have been the player of the year. Uh, he was the first team, but not the player of the year as Hampton gets it done, 83-81. Norfolk State is running away from North Carolina Central Eagles, a team that has won the last couple of years and been in the hunt. They are rebuilding mode, and it looks like their tournament dreams are coming to an end as you have 24 seconds in the first half, but they're down early in this game. It looks like they'll go down in the half, 33-19, to give you upset uh, update of what's going on there. So, let's jump over to the SWAT. And let's say, Doc, we got 11 and a half minutes till number one seed TSU Texas Southern men's team kicks off against Alabama A&M in the 8.30 tip-off here in uh, quarterfinal action. And you would think that everybody's going to be coming out to this game to see the player of the year, the defensive player of the year, as well as the newcomer of the year. Same player, same dude, <laughs> one man. DG, Derek Griffin. Man, he's a human highlight, talented, plays multiple sports, and he plays basketball like he plays football. He takes it to the rack and he takes it hard. Doesn't our man Chatterbox refer to him as the big cat? That's, that's what he calls him, the big cat, and he plays like a big cat. So let's go inside and talk about the first team as we looked at that. As There's not a lot to talk about the player of the year when you have one guy that sweeps everything. Freshman of the year, Nigel Ribeiro from Grounded State got it done, but he had a – Man, a a tough call as Valley has sent home the number two seed today in terms really? of Alcorn State Braves, uh, a rivalry game. But, again, that was one of those cases where Mississippi Valley State had a big win yesterday, and that win was over Grambling State. They were dominating that game, Chris. They were dominating that game. But in that game late, however, the freshman of the year made a freshman mistake. Hmm. He didn't like a call. Uh, on a turnover, and he showed up the referees. 50-50 call. But, That's a no-no. Um, he did it, and if you look at it, it was clear that he did it. Referee called it, so you can't really argue about it. After that, they went to the free throw, and Valley went on like a seven-point run, kind of closed out that game. 
uh, and felt very comfortable as Grambling was making a huge move to get it down to one, literally. And it looked like they were going to overcome that. And now look at Valley. They're into um, the quarterfinals, the semifinals. Semifinals, yep. Semifinals, I should say, to a lot of credit for them. Coach of the year was Mike Davis on this side of the basketball. And that's the team that we'll be watching today as they line up against Alabama A&M. Another team that had to play yesterday, they got a win under the belt. And so and this is also an intriguing matchup as this Texas Southern's first game is the fact that Alabama A&M has four seniors. So those four seniors are not want to go out. They didn't have the type of season they had, so this is a chance for them to kind of start over. So it'll be interesting early in this game to see if the Bulldogs can get any momentum and kind of put the pressure on the Texas Southern Tigers. I don't see that to be the case, but that is one uh, place to look. And then you have Tabs, who was – uh, first season, uh, first teamer for the SWAC, um, and Ladarius Tab was preseason SWAC Player of the Year. So he has that level of talent. So he's the type of player that can go off. So it's going to be interesting to see how they guard him. Uh, they'll probably switch a lot on him. Uh, they'll put Chris on him sometimes. Chris um, Thomas. Chris Thomas from Texas Southern. And so Riley as well will probably play on him a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see how they will play him. And you'll even probably see Derek Griffin to come over to give double teams and things like that. And definitely Derek Griffin protects the basket like anyone else. So it allows you to have Excuse me. Let me this. See, we've seen Derek play. Double-double. Let me, let me, thank you. There we go. Let me let the listeners know who haven't seen Mr. Highlight film, the big cat do his thing. A little bit from the SWAC press release about Todd and Mr. Griffin. Broke the SWAC single-season record for consecutive double-doubles, 12, and most in the season, 17. Only player in the SWAC to average a double-double throughout conference play, and that's 13.5 points per game and 11.3 rebounds per game. Also led the SWAC in block shots with 2.3 blocks per game. So he did a little bit of everything. Exactly. And that's why he got a little bit of all everything in terms yes. of awards. <laughs> and he getting it done. But let's give the ladies some love and look over at the uh, all-SWAC women's teams. First team uh, from Texas Southern out of this area in Prairie View for those – Fans that follow us, obviously, Brittany. Brianna Sydney, I should say, Texas Southern got it done. Kiana Vines, uh, she was the defensive player of the year while Noriane uh, Haynes uh, of Alcorn State, who has gone home with a tough loss, uh, actually was player of the year. She got hurt in Texas Southern's last right. game when Texas Southern needed that win to get a share of the championship. They got it done, and she did not quite recover. They tried to cover it up. She played very hard, re-injured it, and just could not continue to go. And that was actually when she goes down, that is all the Braves, Lady Braves have. So you can see that going out. In terms of second team, uh, look at Lamaria, I should say, Cole from Prairie View, and Larissa Scott, who's very solid. They got a second team. And then you have Tony Cheadle of Texas Southern getting it done. Big time players getting it done. In different ways. Newcomer of the year was Nia Head, uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Freshman of the year was Jasmine Boyd from Gramlin State. And the coach, I think this was well deserved because nobody thought Gramlin was going to make the move. And into literally the last game, they were tied in the four way for first place. They lost their head to head matchup to Alabama State, which was huge to Alabama State because they got that number one seed. We gave you an early update just how that game finished. So they're moving on to the semifinals. Southern just escaped. Uh, in their matchup earlier today, surprising a lot of people. As, yeah, 61-57 over all corn state. Right, yeah. and they were down nine in the fourth quarter, starting off slow to give you some head head updates there. And so those are some things to kind of 
keep your mind on what's going on in terms of the SWAC as I'll kind of give a chance to talk and maybe go in a different direction as we have about 545, so we won't hold on too much longer. So, yeah, but let folks know because I want to touch on the other other local schools and their award that they they, that they earned. Yeah, so, definitely want to talk about some of those. So words. let folks know how they can find you on the Internet, sir. Uh, you can find me on social media platforms at Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also find us on the radio dial every Tuesday. That is KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2. If you can't listen to it in terms of your pod, uh, on your uh, phone uh, by typing in KCOH or KCOH Radio TV, you can also listen to us as a podcast on SoundCloud. Um, we just put up our last update that came out this past Tuesday so you can hear even more details and in that particular show we talk about the mid-majors in terms of men's and women's SIAC championships and there's some great stories for people who want to go listen to that. GCAC Gulf Coast Athletic Conference, Rev River Athletic Conference, I'll kind of throw a little piece about this because the Langston men on that side in their tournament they defeated the number one team the number one team was not just the number one team in terms of the seed that was the number one team in the country at the NIA and they level. Travel, they don't travel heavy. Yes. Langston, neither one of the women's or the men's teams at Langston travels heavy. Yeah. They travel light. <laughs> they yeah, travel light. The number they players play it. Yes. Yeah. All right, we got four minutes. Uh, well, okay, let me say real quick, sir. Okay. As we talked about Derek Griffin dominating the SWAC awards. I didn't tell him that was Dr. Ville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab on SoundCloud. Go oh, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please do, yes. But U of H, Rice, and HBU all had players earn honors for their respective conferences. U of H. Accolades. Devontae Pollard was a named first team in the American Athletic Conference. Damian Dotson got, was named honorable mention. And freshman Galen Robinson Jr. as the reigning Gotta be Lewis Award winner. Yes. Listeners, keep in mind that the upcoming Gotta be Lewis Award banquet will be March 31st at U of H's Athletic Alumni Center. And you can go to Houston Round Bar View, click on the, uh, the medallion of Coach Lewis, cast your votes for the top 10, yeah, also, or go to GotToBeLewisAward.org. So that's coming up. And um, we're looking for a full house to be there. And my colleagues are invited to attend. Listeners, you're invited to attend as well. Bryce Owls. Freshman sensation Marcus Evans. Yep. Named first team all conference doc. Marcus Evans won the uh, freshman of the week award in, in the conference USA 10 times this year. 10? 10. Last six in a row. <laughs> That's his impression. 10 times. Six in a row? Six, last six in a row. And he also scored. Uh, also scored that has in to be a record, game. right? Yes. Record 10 times. Uh, yes, was, sir. Uh, he scored 20 points in tonight's uh, first round game against Charlotte. The, Owls, the Rice Men Owls. Went down Got to, to Charlotte. Got to get over to see that young man play. Uh, yes. 79-69. Uh, but the Rice women live to fight another day. They beat La Tech in overtime. Uh, 72-67. 72-67. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, and by the way, um, the freshman post that I did in particularly uh, enlightened with. Good luck at, for at Baylor. Baylor. Good luck pronouncing her last name. And you know, I tried it. it, killed, <laughs> it, 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 it you know, you know, name. Coach yeah. looked at me with this look and said, "I know you." <laughs> Good luck pronouncing her last name. It's, it's Mom Premier. Beatrice Mom Premier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and trust me, 
I don't the, the KG and I we have a rule. We don't we don't want to butcher the kids' names because we and she wasn't at the post game. I mean, at post uh, uh, game interview, so I wasn't able to get her to, to pronounce her name. But Baylor is one year away. Now they may surprise me, but but right now what I saw last night. Well, they got a hell of a recruiting uh, class coming oh, in. and trust me, That'll the help. best player in the country coming in. That, so this, this, that, that always helps. And to replace the the uh, Naya and Alexis. You know, at, the, at at their positions and keep moving, it will be a joy to see. I'll definitely be looking to, forward to making a road trip to uh, Waco on next season to watch those two post players. Okay. Oh, and by the way, uh, I th- one of the local teams here has them scheduled a non-conference game. Somebody took a chance. Well, <laughs> well I think Rice took a chance this past year. Plus no, we don't talk about next year when, they, when those freshmen are well, no, sophomore. But, but I mean, so, you know, that's, that's all right. In a U of H, though, right? <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah. No. 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 Anyway. But the person also scheduled uh, a UT in it. That <laughs> Good. So yeah. I, I like. Well, okay. Good. You know, this will work. Get those beat downs early. There you go. You, know, <laughs> you don't get don't get better by playing teams you, that you're better than. That's so. right. That, now that's true. And, that's true. And last but not least, we got to wrap it up here as the countdown is on before TSU men try to go one and zero in swag play here. Kudos to Anthony. O- Odunsi at HBU Houston Baptist named first team all Southern Conference. And Josh Barrow is honorable mention despite the fact he missed the last eight games due to injury. So that shows you how people, how highly people think of Josh Barrow, big man for HBU. So we've got a lot of good basketball here in town on the college scene, high school scene too. State tournament is wrapping up. It's weekend here for championships on the, on the fella's side. Who you got uh, with that? Any of that? You know what? I, I will admit, a ta- uh, Tascosita. Tascosita is is, is <laughs> it. Yeah, they, they are it. Yep. Uh, literally, they are. They, they they've got. A, they've got. Yeah, they, They've got some things going in our in our favor. Literally, they so, just do. So that's how we're going to do it here. Thank you very much, listeners, for this brief, but from the bowels of Toyota Center, the SWAC Championship. Thank you very much. You can catch a podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, the Facebook. Uh, KG Fifth Wildcat and Doc Facebook page, also on Pod Directory. Thank you very much. Now we're gonna go watch TSU go to one and zero. Gonna wrap it up as I always so. do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.